Thank you so much, choir, for that. Majestic, holy one. Praise the Lord. May we be constantly aware of you, majestic, holy one. That you are the reason why we are here in this place. That it, let us begin with that and everything else follows. We are here because of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We are in uh, the midst of a sermon series uh, where we are recapping an emphasis we have here at First Baptist Church called the Spear. <clears throat> where uh, we are rekindling a passion, where we are putting back into its proper place a focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, we, we are working through this strategy called the Spear, and this is where we've been. Um, when we think of our spear, we think of it in terms of there's a head of a spear, right, the, kind of the business end of the spear, and on that head of the, at the point of that spear is uh, sharing the gospel with a, with a lost world. Whatever that looks like, wherever that is, by, by whatever means, uh, to be sharing the gospel, to be always in the midst and on the process of sharing the best story ever written, ever told. All right? And that's what we're to be doing. And sometimes even use words. That's the point of the spear. The head of the spear is, in our culture, we, we, we recognize the importance of sharing the gospel with children, with students, with people before they reach the age of, say, 21. In our culture, we understand that the percentage of those who accept Christ after, those age, after that age dives drastically. So we have a particular emphasis on families with children still at home. Whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. Whether it's um, or what we, I don't know, what, I don't know what's traditional anymore. Can I get a witness? <laughs> but a traditional family, mom and dad and kids, right? But that doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look like that any, anymore. We have a high percentage of grandparents raising their ch grandchildren now as parents right here in Union County, and, and really all over the place. And so we want a particular emphasis on families with children at home. It doesn't mean that other folks are incredibly important and valuable to share the gospel. Share the gospel everywhere you are and everywhere you go. Amen? So, it begins, so our process begins with an awareness. We ask God to give us an awareness of the lost around us. Too often we live in our bubble I've, heard, I've literally heard people say that the reason why they come to church is to get away from lost people. No. So, um, we want to make, we want to pray earnestly that God would give us an awareness that our antenna would always be up. That we would be on the lookout, on the hunt, if you will. Maybe that's not a good analogy. But, but always on the lookout for the lost, that God would give us a heart for them. 
that that person is acting out the way that person is acting out, not necessarily, not just because they're a bad person or a mean or a jerk or whatever we do, but maybe because they're broken and they need Jesus. And, and maybe, maybe that's just a big indication that we should go over to them, run to the chaos instead of away from it, and share the remedy, Jesus Christ. The, the, and the, the next step after awareness is that we pray that God, Holy Spirit, would lay on our hearts specific people with whom we are to share the gospel. That the gospel's precious. It's precious. So let's not just willy-nilly just be throwing the gospel around, beating people over the head with it. But let's be praying specifically who God wants us to share the gospel with. This is the place where you use words. We were given cards, these prayer covenant cards, where we would be praying earnestly, God, please give me, show me, Holy Spirit, the names of those with, with whom you want me to share the gospel. And we write those names, first names, just write the first names down. Pastor Fred showed us last week to take this card and place it over your heart and pray for these folks. That God would give you opportunities. That God would give me opportunities, divine appointments to share the gospel with these who need to hear. That's the second step. The third step in the process is understanding what the gospel is. And that's what the sermon was all about last week, was what the gospel is. It's the story of Jesus, of God's redemptive story over and over in his word of how we run away from the one who created us and loved us, who created us to have something to love specifically. And we continually run away from him. And this book is all about how he continually comes to get us. And this is a gross simplification of the gospel. But if you want to hear it more in detail, you can go to our website, fbcvision.com, and you can watch that sermon. But we, we gotta, in order to share the gospel, we have to understand what the gospel is. We have an awareness of the lost. We have a heart for specific. We were praying for God to show specific ones with whom to share the gospel. And God would make it abundantly clear to us what the gospel is. And then today, today we're going to talk about sharing our stories. Sharing your story. That's what today is all about. Sharing your story, knowing your story, being familiar with your story, being able to share it. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, let's pray together. Father, we love you so dearly. We do. Teach us to love you more. With all that we are, with every breath in our lungs, we understand that that is you that has given us that breath. Now, let our hearts beat for you. Our words be from you. Our thoughts be from you. Everywhere we go, everything we do, be to glorify you because there's nothing greater. Make us more like your son Jesus today. In his name I pray, amen. What a story that was that, that Eric read. Wow. Here's a guy so lost, 
so lost in his brokenness. He is cast away, cast out of his community. He has no place to live but amongst the dead. So written off, so thrown out. They tried to keep him, they chained him, and he just broke the chains. That's what his life was like. And one day, Jesus rose up on the shore and sees the man, looks at him. Can you imagine, I, um, you know, as Eric was drawing the, the picture, the word picture, and I was visualizing Jesus making on contact, like, well, like, like Eric said, you know, the, I just thought maybe, I don't know, I wasn't there, I just thought maybe the man had eyes full of hope, but the demons had eyes full of fear. They knew in whose presence they were. Jesus had this encounter with this man, and his life was changed forever. And he wanted to just go with, with Jesus. I just I don't want to get you out of my sight. I know from whence I've come. And I don't, I don't want to go back. I don't want you out of my sight. And Jesus said, I've got even a better job for you. You go tell your story. And he went through the, to the Decapolis. And he grabbed everyone, everyone who would listen. And they told him his story. And they marveled. Now some were afraid. And some wanted him to go away. And they certainly wanted Jesus to go away. But, when, but he had such an encounter with Christ, such a meaningful encounter with Christ, he couldn't help but go tell his story. You know, he didn't have a seminary degree. I doubt he ever wrote a sermon. He just went and told his story. And the Bible says that everyone marveled. I want to tell you another story today. A story about... A guy named Saul. You, and, he, and he had an encounter with Christ and he, got it, he changed his name. God changed his name from Saul to Paul. You remember that? Well, he found, he found himself doing just the opposite that he thought he should be doing. He was dead set on persecuting this new church. I mean, dragging people, having people beaten and dragging them out of synagogues and throwing them in jail and disrupting life and families all for the Lord. And then he had an encounter with Christ. And his life changed drastically. And he couldn't help but tell his story. Now, Paul was a great, was a good man. He was a good guy. He was raised in church. Paul's parents, or Saul's parents, went to church, made sure he was at church, got him, made sure he went to the best teachers. He became a, a superstar in the church. He was a Pharisee. All good Jewish fathers hoped their kids would grow up. Their boys would be a Pharisee. And all Jewish 
moms wanted their daughters to marry a Pharisee. And all Pharisees wanted to be a Pharisee like Saul. He was so passionate. He was, and oh, and boy, was he all about persecuting the church and stopping, stomping out this thing that was going to take away from, or persecuting the way, to stomp out the way to keep it from hindering the church. He, he went to the priest and said, let me go here. He went, he, let me go here, let me go there. I hear there's some down here. I want to go get them too. And they gave him permission to go. And on his way, he saw a bright light. And he was knocked to the ground. And his life was changed. And he went from persecuting the church, Saul, to being one of the greatest missionaries the church has ever known. Paul, sharing his faith, shipwrecked, imprisoned, beaten, hungry, cold, misunderstood, misquoted, misrepresented. Paul. <clears throat> well, in this particular day, he found himself before King Agrippa. Uh, the Jewish leaders had had enough of this Saul-turned-Paul-persecutor-turned-preacher. They had enough of him. And if he found himself before the king, King Agrippa, to give his defense. And you know what Paul did? Paul was a very learned, very educated man. He could have laid out all of the prophets and, all, and how Jesus had fulfilled all of those prophecies. He could have laid them out one by one. All he did was refer to them. It's the stories in Acts chapter 26. He said, this is basically what he said. He, he, he told that story where he came, where he saw the bright light on the road. And it blinded him. And Jesus himself spoke to him and said, this is what he's telling King Agrippa. He said, and Jesus spoke to me. He said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Quit it. Get up. I've got a job for you. Go down here. And your sight will be restored. And then you're going to take the gospel all over the place. Not just the Jews, but the Gentiles too. This is what you're going to do. And this is what he's telling King Agrippa. And he said, now look, I, I know you and all these who accuse me have studied the prophets and you know all of this. You believe all of these prophets. Well, I'm here to tell you Jesus is the fulfillment. And he said to Jesus, I said to Agrippa, don't you believe the prophets? And Agrippa said to him, now wait a minute. Do you suppose in this short time that I would become a Christian like you? And Paul said, they are standing in chains. Whether short time or a long time, I don't care. I would that everyone here in the sound of my voice will become like me today except for these chains. Of all of... He got let go. Of all the things he could have said, of all the defense he could have given, Paul just told his story. 
his story of how he met Jesus. You see, the learned man, the church man, the, the guy raised in church with the good family, the good church-going people, and with a, with, a, with a religious degree, what did he do? He told his story. The guy lost in the throes of demon possession, cast away by society, and he, after he had his encounter with Christ, what did he do? He just went and told his story. Each story is different. The demoniac, Saul turned Paul. But both have three basic elements. And your story and my story should have the same three. Okay, so listen. This is what your story should have. Number one, what life was like before Encountering Jesus. What was life like before encountering Jesus? For the demoniac, he was lost. He had no control over his body or his faculties. Nothing. The urges would come over him and there was nothing he could do to control it. They tried to lock him up. They tried to throw him out. They tried to cast him out and cast him away. And nothing would work. He went to this and that and tried this and that. And nothing would work. And he ended up living amongst the dead. Now maybe your story's not like that. Maybe you're not a, you've never been possessed by demons. But maybe you've been lost in the throes of some addiction. Or maybe you're there now. And it has control over you. Those urges come and you can't stop it. Maybe it's drugs or, or maybe it's alcohol or maybe it's popularity or maybe it's pornography or maybe it's whatever it is. Whatever your addiction is, it comes and you have no control over it. And you try this and that and the other and you can't get away from it. And you feel like a castaway and a throwaway and there's nothing you can do and people won't have you and you might as well just go live among the dead. Maybe that's your story today. Maybe that was your story. Or maybe you're more like Saul. You came from a great family. You got, you had, the only drug problem you had is you got drugged to church. Every Sunday, every Wednesday. Maybe that's who you are. And, and you went and you checked all the boxes and you were there and you went to Sunday school and you went to training union and you went to Bible drill and VBS, vacation Bible school, and you did it all. You checked all the boxes. But you had no relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe that's your story. That was... Maybe that's what their lives were like before they met Christ. Man, they had an encounter with Christ. And in their stories, in the Scripture, it's clear. There's what their life was like before Christ. Number two, the, number two, the circumstances leading them to follow Christ, Jesus, with the demoniac, it was a miracle. Let me tell you what, it was no less a miracle with Paul. Look, it is, 
It is no less miracle. It might be even more of a miracle for someone who thinks they're in the right and are wrong to have an encounter with Christ. What a miracle. Saul's miracle, to be in, his encounter with Christ changed him. The, the demoniac's miracle changed him. And then what was their life? The last thing that should be a part of your story. Number one, let's go back. Number one, what was your life like before you encountered Christ? Number two, what are the circumstances that led you to, uh, to fo following Jesus? And number three, what is your life like after following Jesus? Paul became Saul, became one of the greatest missionaries ever, wrote most of the new... Uh, Majority of the New Testament. God through Paul wrote majority of the New Testament. This demoniac, what did he do? Did he write a book? No. But he shared his story. Only, we'll only know when we get to heaven how many people from the Decapolis are there because of this man's story. Because of Holy Spirit moving and drawing people to himself through this man's story. He Just because he was obedient to what Jesus told him to do. So, the obvious question here is, do you know, could you explain to me what life was like for you before you came to know Christ? Can you vividly recount to me the circumstances leading you to follow Jesus? And can you tell me what is different about you today since you made that decision? These are the elements of your story. This is what you've got have to be ready to tell. This is what people want to hear from you. This is what the lost want to hear from you. They don't want to hear a bunch of facts from a book that they don't necessarily believe. Now, don't hear me speaking blasphemy here. I'm just telling you from a, from a lost person's perspective, this precious book to me that holds the truth of life doesn't for them. They don't know that. What they want to hear is your story. Tell me what you were like before you met Jesus. Tell me how you met him. Now tell me why it makes a difference. That's what people want to hear. Listen. Listen, these people couldn't stop sharing their stories. They beat Paul, they threatened him, they threw him in jail, they threatened his life over and over and over, and he said, whatever, you do what you got to do, because I'm going to do what I got to do. They couldn't help to... But tell their stories. Listen, why is this important? Because the gospel is truth. And your story is the truth personally applied. The gospel is the truth. And your story is that truth personally applied. And your story completes the circle. Okay, all that makes sense. You may be explaining the gospel to someone. 
And I say, okay, that makes sense. But it's got to mean something to the one who's sharing it. You have to have the story. You've got to know your story. Listen. Where the truth of the gospel intersects with your confusion and your brokenness in this beautiful collision called grace and mercy is what makes your story irresistible to those who are truly seeking salvation and deliverance. Your story. Do you have a story? Do you know your story? Are you sharing your story? This is my story. I was raised in a Christian home. I was kind of like Saul in that regard. I had my drug, my drug problem was I was drugged to church. I went to the same church. I remember being in the nursery at this church. Went to the same church until I went away to seminary. For 20 years. I didn't know any other church. I watched it grow and grow. Is that church... That church where I, is where I came to know Christ. That church is where I met my Leanne. Uh, she ignored me that day, but eventually I wore down. I met my Leanne. That's where we were married. That's where and I was ordained, licensed and ordained to the gospel ministry. Same church. Raised in the church, drugged to the church. I was... Raised in a Christian home, my, my dad, who's here today, became a Christ follower when I was little. I was young, and as I was growing up, dad took very seriously the role of having all of us in church. And so, as long as I can remember, I've been going to church. And as a result, my faith in Jesus was something that was passed to me by my dad. It was more of a family tradition supported by a culture of churchgoers by which... I was surrounded. I was at church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and I checked all the boxes, and I followed all the rules. Now, I even went to vacation Bible school, and it was there that I decided to do what other kids were doing. And I would go down forward at the assembly time, and I'd sign a card to become a Christian. Yay. And life was good. My dad worked hard, and he expected much from his three boys. And he's where I learned my work ethic. And my mom nurtured us tirelessly, and she is where I learned to love people. And I had everything I needed and most of what I wanted, or some of what I wanted. Mine seemed to be an ordinary happy life. And it all crashed, however, one New Year's Eve when my mom died unexpectedly. Her funeral was just a few days later on my birthday. I was 13 years old and absolutely lost. My inherited cultural Christianity provided no answers to the immeasurable vacuum and seemingly unanswerable questions left by my mother's death. I struggled for over a year and I had no idea who I was or I was supposed to be, or I would even become. It wasn't until 
I heard the testimony of an ex-convict that I began to understand. He said Jesus had completely changed him from whom he once was and who he had been. He said we didn't have to be defined by what, it, by what we had done or what had happened to us. And our identity could be who we were in Christ. Now, I still didn't have all the answers to my questions, but I'm going to tell you that day, Valentine's Day, my faith became my faith. And Jesus more than filled the giant hole in my soul. I've been on a lifelong journey of discovering all that means ever since. Now, when I find myself in difficult, uncertain, or even scary circumstances. I find strength remembering the faithfulness of my loving God on that Valentine's Day and countless other days ever since. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Do you have a story? What is your story? Take time to write down your story. Know your story. Because that is where my circle will became complete. That's where the truth of the gospel became personally applied in my life. And my life is different. I'm changed. Praise God. I don't still don't have all the answers. Just ask those closest to me. They'll tell you. But I love being on this journey where he reveals himself to me a little bit more every day. Praise God. What is your story? If you don't have a story today, I'm inviting you. Today, let this be the day where you encounter Jesus. You say, well, I know all about what my life is like before Christ because that's where I am. I'm inviting you today. Admit that you need Him. Admit that you can't do it without Him. Admit that you've done things that separate you from God. Admit that. It's called sin. Admit that. Believe that Jesus is the one who He said He is. And He did what He said He did. And he, he's, he's gone to heaven and He's coming back one day. Just believe that. Believe. You don't have to know everything. Just believe that. That He is the answer, and then trust Him with your life. Such that it is. You don't have to clean it all up. Just give it to Him. Here's my life, God. Make it what you will. It's yours. That's what I'm inviting you today. To begin your... Write the second chapter. And then that's together. All of us together. Be learning what it's like to live for Him for the rest of our lives on this planet, and then eternity beyond. I'm inviting you to that today. If you want to receive Christ, you come forward, please, today. Eric will be down here. Eric will be down here. There's Tony. Tony will be down here. We can receive you. We can tell you what comes next. If you'd like to join a church that is really seeking to make the gospel live in our lives individually and corporately as a church to make a difference in our community, would you come? We'd love to help you with that.
If you want to just come for prayer, this altar is open. You come and pray. I want you right now, if you will, to take your prayer card, if you have it with you. If not, you probably remember those names on that card, right? And let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for our stories where the truth of your gospel becomes personally applied to each and every one of us. We, we praise you for that. Now, encourage us, strengthen us, awaken everything in us that we need to be sharers of our stories. We pray for these precious people on our cards. We pray for their salvation. Give us, Lord, opportunities to share with them and the courage to be obedient. We worship you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. You come as the Holy Spirit leads. to my heart Lord Jesus speak that my soul may hear speak to my heart Lord Jesus calm every doubt and fear speak to my heart Oh, speak to my heart, speak to my heart, I pray. Yielded and still, seeking thy will, oh, speak to my heart today. Speak to my heart. Lord Jesus, purge me from every sin. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus, help me the lost to win. Speak to my heart, oh speak. may be seated for just a minute. Uh, we have uh, this, this couple who's come this morning, and uh, I need a, I guess I'll need to read that. You don't have a mic? Yeah. All right. We have Mr. and Mrs. Uh, uh, Johnny and Jeanette Hoff. Yes, praise the Lord. Coming by letter this morning to join our church 
from Aniston Road Baptist Church. Praise the Lord. Come up. Anistown. Okay. Yeah, get that right. I got that. It's on there. I just didn't have my glasses on. So come up and join us. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm, uh, this is, yeah, that. We're so glad that you've chosen to be with us in, at First Baptist Church. Praise the Lord. I'm looking forward to this little, this journey we're going to be on, discovering all that this means. So if you um, pledge to support them, to love Miss Jeanette and Mr. Johnny, to sit with them in the mud and celebrate them and celebrate with them on, at celebrations, to do all this, to be there in the good and the bad, and to love and to support. Will you say that? Will you join me in saying amen? Amen. amen. All right. Well, we're going to ask you, uh, Mr. Tony's going to take you right out, and we don't care how you look, you're going to get your picture took. <laughs> We're going to go out and get a picture of you guys. And then you can greet them as you uh, leave this morning. Uh, let me just make this quick announcement. Um, this is uh, uh, near and dear to the, our Tony's heart, our executive pastor. Next month, we're, uh, he is going to be hosting an estate planning conference after church. Uh, 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 one Sunday, it's later in the month of May. I don't have that exact date. But you, those details are on our website and uh, will be forthcoming in Sundays to come. I want to thank you again, Mr. Tom, for being here with us today from the Georgia Baptist Children's Home and Family Ministry. What a great ministry. Be sure that you pray that God would uh, lead you to give um, just generously to that very worthy ministry. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. Father, now I pray as we go that our stories would be on our lips and that our gospel, the gospel would be lived out in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. All God's people said, Amen. You're dismissed. You can take that.